I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. It's episode 259 and today we're speaking with Leah from Leah Travels about her trip through Europe, uh, including time in a lot of places we've been recently and some others as well. So it's like an alternative Indie Rail. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we thought it would be good to interview Leah because her story is both so similar and so different to what we've done. While we spent uh, almost three months traveling by train around Western Europe, Leah spent just a month and combined all sorts of transport in order to make sure she hit all of the places that she most wanted to see. Well, let's get on with it. Well, today I'm talking with Lee Walker from LeeTravels.com. Lee, welcome onto the Indie Travel Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, we're going to be talking today about a trip that you recently took through Europe. Uh, we've just finished Indie Rail ourselves, a three-month uh, rail trip through Europe. But your itinerary has some similarities and some differences. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to hearing your take. Well, um, I just got back last week, so I'm still trying to adjust to being back in, in Houston. So, um, you know, Europe has its uh, advantages and, and its disadvantages, but um, I, I've really found that I enjoy Europe more than I dislike it. So um, it, it's been quite an adjustment um, to, to adjust to uh, Texas time. <laughs> I bet. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, about the trip itself. How did you uh, come to plan it and um, what did you get up to? Well, actually, um, in the spring, I entered a, a competition with uh, Go With Oa writing contest and um, um, it was an international blogging competition and what you had to do was pick one of uh, their 10 European cities or apartment rental company and uh, they have apartments in 10 Europe, great European cities. And um, I chose Florence. And I had to write five things that I would do if I, if I got to go to Florence. And I won. So, um, and I got to bring a friend who, um, her name is Lola, and she's also a, a travel blogger. So we set off in, I guess, the beginning of November, starting in Prague and made our way to Italy and, and did the whole gamut there, uh, Milan, Florence, uh, Rome, Orvieto, um, down to the Amalfi Coast, um, to Naples, and then finally to Barcelona where uh, Open House Group Go With O is, is located, and um, made our way over to Paris, took a weekend trip to, to London, back to Paris, and then finally to Texas. So it was definitely a whirlwind, and uh, it was it was easily the most amazing month of my life. That's amazing, hitting all of those places in just one month. Would you, um, do you reckon that's sustainable for some someone else going to do this trip, or would you have liked to have had a bit more time between destinations? I would like to have more time in each one of the destinations. Um, every time I... I boarded a plane or boarded a train. I was sad to go, but excited to see what was next. So um, the only thing I would change about it is I wouldn't have packed as much. My my suitcase weighed about 70 pounds. So that's not conducive for Italian trains, first of all, or European budget airlines. That's that's some things that I would change. But um, 
other than that, I, I, I just would not have eliminated anything that I did. It, it just, I think staying busy and staying going kept me from getting tired, actually. Awesome. Yeah, there's something uh, like a, a moment of adrenaline that comes with, with moving from, from place to place. Oh, right. The, the excitement of what's going to happen next. And, and I was always asking myself, what is going to happen next? Because I, I met incredible people. Um, I got to do some amazing things that I, I just wish I could bottle this trip up and, and reproduce it. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Was this your first trip to Europe? No, it's, um, I haven't traveled throughout Europe as much as I would like to, but I guess it was probably, it's probably maybe my fifth or sixth trip. But um, the only place that I'd been um, out of all those places was Rome and Barcelona. Every, everything else was new to me. Excellent. And what kind of, uh, did you do any preparation in terms of like language learning or cultural research? Well, I, I do know Spanish, so uh, that was that was uh, pretty easy for me. Um, and then, of course, Italian sort of translate. I could I could muddle through the Italian. Um, <clears throat> Czech, not so much. Uh, didn't even try French. I, I just I can't see myself butchering the language. Fortunately, um, so many people speak English. I, I hate going to a place and just assuming that somebody's going to speak English. But unfortunately, when you hit that many countries, you, you kind of have to rely on that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's uh, begin at the, the same place you began in Prague. Um, how did you find it? I went into Prague. I, I usually research things to death. And I decided that I was not going to do that to Prague. I was just going to go. It was It was my first stop. I was just going to go and see what Prague offered. I didn't have any expectations, and I think in going that route, I was pleasantly surprised. Every Everybody that I've ever spoken to that has been to Prague sings its praises, so I knew it was a great city, and they they were not wrong. I loved Prague. It The, the cobblestones, the architecture, the people, I even liked the food. So um, some people aren't aren't so keen on the food, but but I was excellent. Give um, for people that haven't been there before, what's the food in Prague like? Well, it's 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 similar to to German and Austrian in that it's meat heavy. Um, there's dumplings and potatoes. It's you know it, it was cold um, in Prague, so there's going to be. Um, heavy meals. Um, there's there's a large population of Czech people in Central Texas where I've I've lived, and so I grew up eating goulash and um, kolaches and and things like that. So the food wasn't really foreign to me. Hmm, excellent. And what did you get up to with with no planning, just arriving in Prague? What did you see, and what did what would you recommend others to do? One thing that I really really enjoyed was. Um, a free walking tour. I'm all about free. Um, if you can, if you can do that, especially a month in Europe can get pretty expensive. So, um, there's, I, I'm not sure if it's through the city or the tourism board or what, but they offer free walking tours of the old town in Prague. And, uh, I had a great guide and it was about four hours long and 
he was he he wasn't just um, spouting off dates and things like that. He he really knew stories and and we got to to get inside of inside of the history of Prague, which I, I was actually ignorant of. Um, and they they have a uh, they've only been free of communism, you know, a few decades. So, um, and they have a storied past. So I, I found that very interesting. Yeah, it's a very very dense place in terms of history. And so is your next destination, Florence. Uh, did you go down by train? We flew. Um, time was of the essence. So actually, planes flying from Prague to uh, Florence and, and Pisa are few and far between. So we flew in Milan into Milan, which has a bigger airport, and then took the train to Florence. Um, so, you know, I wrote about Florence. I've been dreaming about Florence, and it was everything that I had hoped it would be. Excellent. Yeah, we spoke on uh, probably last week's podcast by the time this goes live about uh, Florence and Florence syndrome, this feeling of being overwhelmed by, by everything there is to see and do. Did you uh, run into that yourself? I, um, I partnered with Walks of Italy. And for my, my Italy um, section, and they're a small boutique. Um, they, they specialize in small tours or private tours. So I had a private guide who, he's from the United States. His name's Paul, and he is an art history major. But he was born in Florence, and he's lived in Florence um, for over 20 years. So... I really didn't feel overwhelmed because I had somebody to guide me. We started with uh, David, and um, oh gosh, we probably spent an hour just looking at David <laughs> and um, the whole history of Michelangelo and and uh, the oh the Medici family and and that that sort of past. So the fact that I had a one-on-one -on -one person with me, I it helped. It really helped. We, we took a walking tour and wound up, um, at the Arno river. So it, that was spectacular. I, I would definitely suggest getting a guide or a, a good guide that will help you find the highlights, especially if you're, you're in a time crunch. Excellent. So you went to, uh, went to see David, you, you went to the river and the, the old bridge. If there was, if someone was going to Florence just for one day, uh, what would be your, your must see, must do? Ooh, <laughs> one day. Oh man. Of course you want to see the Duomo that it's hard not to see that, um, and the baptistry, uh, right there together. It, it seems like every part that every place that I went in Florence, you could see at least the top of the, the Duomo. But um, in all honesty, I would I would just get like I did. I mean, I, I saw the highlights of, of Florence in about four hours. And it was all on foot so, because it's such a, a great walking city. And, uh, you know, we saw the Uffizi. In fact, my apartment was uh, right by the Uffizi and about I don't know, maybe a hundred yards from the Arno River and Ponte Vecchio. So um, I would definitely get a, a central location and set out on foot and just explore with somebody that knows Florence. 
Sounds good to me. Um, so next, uh, staying in Italy, it was down to Rome. Ah, yes. <laughs> I, I love Rome. And uh, this, this was my second <clears throat> trip, but I didn't do typical Rome. Uh, in fact, I just wrote on my blog um, <laughs> the top things that I didn't see in Europe and um, what I did instead. And I don't know that if I tried to, that I could avoid seeing the Colosseum and the Pantheon and the Spanish Steps and the Trevi Fountain. I did not see any of those things on this trip. I uh, I don't know how that happened. It just did. It wasn't planned. But, uh, I, in fact, I had intentions to go back and revisit all those things. It just didn't happen. Um, instead, I took a, a, a food walking tour <laughs> with Walks of Italy, and um, I got to get inside the nooks and crannies of uh, cheese shops and meat stores. I made up my own pizza. Um, I, I kind of feel like traveling isn't about just seeing things it's about doing things um and and i think that's what makes travel so special to me so you said you uh, got to make your own pizza and and do this food tour is that something that other people can do as well or is that something that uh you got to do specially well, no um like i said I, I partnered with walks of italy and that's one of their um packages they offer it's very reasonable in price and you know, it's about four hours long and you you eat yourself silly um, you know one thing that I did do as far as tourist things I, di I did go to the Vatican and uh, take a tour of the Vatican I have seen uh, the Vatican museums um, St. Peter's and Sistine Chapel so I, I did get a little bit of the the tourist stuff in I ha I've have been there before, but it's nice to go back with fresh eyes. Yeah, we've definitely found in revisiting places, it's kind of you get a, a different layer time after time. Like the first time you might see the highlights, and then the next time you get to go in and, and dig into something that, that's interested you. I agree. Uh, you, you get that base knowledge down, and then you can add to it. And with the, the Vatican museums especially, I mean... I, if it's not the largest, well, I guess the Louvre's the largest, but if it doesn't have more pieces in it than any other museum, I, I don't, I can't imagine one that has more, but there's so much to it and so much history and it's, it's impossible to get on the first two times even. I mean, I, I would revisit it again and, and I'm sure that I would see things that I didn't see the first two times. Yeah, awesome. Well, where was next? You were you're leaving uh, leaving Italy behind at this point. Well, um, we did go to the Amalfi Coast, which is the second most beautiful place I've ever seen, and uh, I'm sure you'd be happy to know that New Zealand is the first. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, even in the in the winter, it was mid February or mid November at this point. The Amalfi Coast, I just can't imagine it alive with the lemons and, and the, the flowers. And, and, and that is one place, every place I wanted to stay longer, but that was one place that I just thought, do I really have to leave? Uh, I mean, I'm already plotting a return. It's just that spectacular. 
um, I would I would definitely recommend that to anybody traveling to Italy. That's awesome. Now, I'm sure people uh, have a rough idea of where Florence and where Rome is, but the Amalfi Coast, maybe not so much. Um, it's south, uh, south of Rome. Um, I guess it was probably about a two to three hour train ride once. It, it, it's difficult to get to. Let me say that. You've got to get to Naples and then you've got to get on a regional train. And um, in fact, Sorrento is going to be your, your last stop for your train um, to get to Positano or places like that, actually, the city of Amalfi. Um, you've got to get on a bus or a car. So, you know, I find that some of the most difficult places to get to are, are the best. So I would definitely say that it was worth worth getting to. Yeah, and that's where that uh, that pack light idea would have really come in handy, I'm sure, switching from uh, intercity trains onto regionales and then uh, onto the buses. Oh, you have no idea. We were sitting on suitcases and had things in our laps, and it was it was really ridiculous. But uh, that was that was something that again I wouldn't change because now I get a big chuckle out of it. We laughed at the time, but um, you know, people looking at us like we're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth. Um, well, let's uh, jump up to uh, to Barcelona next. Oh, okay. Loved Barcelona. I I went to I made a brief stop in Barcelona in September um, to go to Tbex, which is a um, travel writers bloggers conference, and they uh, had their first ever European conference in um, Costa Brava. So Barcelona's the place you would fly into and, and take about an hour train. So I briefly, I think I spent one night in Barcelona and just sort of got a taste of it. And I was sad to leave, but I knew that I would be back in November. So um, I had, first of all, I had a gorgeous apartment with a balcony overlooking Sagrada Familia. I mean, when I say overlooking, I could probably get a rock and throw it and hit it. It was that close. Um, so welcome to Barcelona, right? I mean, that's that's one of their iconic landmarks. And for me to wake up every morning for five days, step out and see the, see the sun rising over the Mediterranean and casting that warm glow over the unfinished Gaudi church was, it was a pinch me moment for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's lots of other exciting things to get up to around there. I tell you what, um, (laughs) Barcelona sort of became like Rome. (laughs) I was so busy doing things that I didn't get to go see things. I never stepped foot in the church. I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say, but but I will tell you this. I'm I'm headed back to Barcelona in March. So I, I promise that I'm going to get inside the Sagrada Familia. That's that's one thing I'm going to do. But um, like I said, I my travels don't center around seeing things as much as doing things. And so um, some of the things that I did instead of going and looking at, you know, Gaudi architecture or whatever, um, I took flamingo dance lessons, which um, (laughs) 
is really hard. It, it's not, you know, dancing with the stars and all the TV shows make, make this, these dances look so, so effortless. It's really hard work. And, and it takes a certain level of coordination, which I thought I had, but I don't, I'm not so sure anymore. Um, we also had, it, it aligned with, uh, the time I was in Barcelona aligned with, uh, American Thanksgiving. And so, as I mentioned, Go With O, their headquarters are in Barcelona. So we had a multicultural Thanksgiving, um, which I was very grateful for to, to meet a lot of local bloggers and, and the staff from Go With O. So, uh, we had Dominican food and Catalan food and, uh, Lauren and I made some sweet potatoes and rum cake and, um, we just, it, it was, it was really great. So Barcelona wasn't about going and looking at stuff. It, it was about the people and, and the experiences there. Yeah, that's always the best way to travel. Linda and I have been to Barcelona, I think, three times now. And yeah, never, never been inside the Sagrada Familia. I think it's one of these things like going up the Eiffel Tower that we'll, uh, we'll never, ever do. <laughs> well, until the lines disappear from the, the current kind of two to three hour lines they have at the moment, there's just no, no value for us in, in standing in line to see something like that. I agree. I, I think in, in my latest blog post that I said it's supposed to be done in 2026. Maybe that's when I'll, I'll visit it. <laughs> <laughs> but do a, do a, do a retired travel bloggers uh, meet up in the Sagrada Familia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Smooth. Oh, well, um, on then to the last destination from Barcelona to Paris. Did you jump straight up there on a plane or was this, uh, did you manage to do that one overland? No, that was, that was also a plane. Um, again, you know, I wanted to maximize my time as much as I could. And that, that's just such a long trip that I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't see it, especially with prices so low. Um, of course, um, not with extra baggage, <laughs> the, the price of flights in Europe becomes a little bit higher if, if you have 70 pound suitcases. But, um, anyway, I made do with that, but no, we, we took a flight to Paris and, um, hit the ground running. Uh, it was, it was rainy when I got to Paris and it was rainy when I left, but in between it was absolutely perfect. That's excellent. I know that in the middle of that, you headed up to London for a couple of days. We did. Um, a f another blogging friend of mine, uh, Anna, who um, her blog is Mrs. O Around the World. She lives in Henry on Henley on Thames, and um, she was having a Christmas party. And so we just hopped the Euro uh, the Channel and uh, went to visit her and, and got to see the English countryside. And then um, I I've done a interview with. Um, BBC Radio back in July about how I hate cruises and the senior producer mentioned that the next time I was in London I should stop by and uh, he would give me a tour. Well I, I'm not sure if he thought that I would really take him up on that but I did. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, which which turned out really neat because they have just um, moved into their their new building. Well they're in the process of moving everybody into their new building. So um, I got to take a tour of and see 
green room. I mean, like green screen rooms and live telecasts, and and so the TV and the radio aspect. So I, I, that was really cool. Yeah, I think that's something that well, so many of us have heard or seen productions from the BBC. So seeing the the new London rooms as they move out of Broadcasting House must have been something. It was. It, it was. Uh, it was about an hour long, and um, it was. It's just, you know, I know that it was every day for him. It's it's his job, but for me, it was. You know, it was something special. That's very cool. And was there anything uh, special with that uh, that last week in Paris? Oh man, I I've never been to Paris, and we had about eight eight full days there. And gosh, it was it was everything that I expected and more, actually. Um, I want to go back. I didn't want to leave the food, the people. I mean, they get such a bad rap, but I, I encounter nothing but greatness. Um, one really <laughs> one really cool thing was um, I got to have dinner with Lionel Richie in Paris. Um, <laughs> I was I was at the Four Seasons George Sank um, where I was I was spending the night there before I went to London and having a drink in the bar and he came up and invited Lauren and I to dinner with his little posse he was um, he was performing the next night in Paris at the Zenith Theater and so I went and I had an amazing time it was just one of those moments that it was like, is this really happening? So it was, and, and that just sort of was the cherry on top of Paris. I, I can't wait to go back. That's awesome. It's not too often you uh, get to go out for dinner with an international superstar. <laughs> no, I mean, not at all. It was just really wild. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, you've covered a similar amount of ground in one month that Linda and I covered in three months. So... It seems okay. like the big difference is um, both the, the travel days using planes instead of trains and um, the, the shorter time in different cities. Uh, how did you find the, uh, the plane service and, and connections in Europe? And you already mentioned they were cheaper than you might expect. Is it easy to get around? Oh, abs- oh my gosh, absolutely. I whenever I was making my, my plane reservations, I couldn't, I had to double check. I didn't know if the, that price was round trip or one way. Uh, but just like the American airlines are starting to do, they, you know, they get you on the baggage. So, um, Lauren and I managed to figure that out. Uh, so we weren't hit super hard with the baggage fees. Um, but even, even paying extra baggage or extra weight, it was still less expensive than, than flying within the United States often. Um, train, the train, uh, we, we took a trip, a day trip to Bordeaux. Um, and that was 60 euro. I mean, and it was like an hour train ride, uh, so sometimes the the trains were very inexpensive, and sometimes they were more expensive. Obviously, the channel was um, a little bit of sticker shock. But if you if you plan ahead, plan ahead more than we did, um, especially with the with the channel, I think you're able to get a better deal. I think I paid maybe 160 euro 
to get to, you know, round trip from Paris to London. But, you know, it was it was worth it. Yeah, that's not too bad for a round trip uh, there. It's, um, yeah, there's definitely a big difference between catching a, a train in Italy and uh, catching a train in France. Right, yeah. Well, everything is more expensive in France. So <laughs> it about broke me, I'm afraid. But, um, you know, I when I travel, I, I had saved quite a bit of money. So I, if there was something I wanted to do, I wasn't not going to do it because of money. Um, I've, I looked at this as a once-in-a-lifetime trip, which I plan on doing several other times. But, <laughs> you know, you never know. So it was it was just sort of... If this is what I want to do, this is where I want to eat, this is where I want to go, then I'm going to do it. And it's not going to be because of money that I don't. It sounds like a really good philosophy to uh, to take on a, on a one-month trip with you. Lee, thanks very much for coming on the Indie Travel Podcast. Uh, where can people find you and read more about uh, this Euro trip? Well, um, <clears throat> you can go to leahtravels.com, L-E-A-H, travels.com or you can find me um, on Facebook I have have a lot of great pictures and uh, interesting tidbits on uh, on Facebook that I post every day um, having a full-time job <clears throat> limits how much I can write uh, on my blog so uh, if you kind of want um, a little taste of, of my European trip and don't want from me, don't want to wait for me to write about it. Um, you can find it there. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little interview from Leah, and uh, it was great speaking with her. Thanks so much, Leah, for coming on the Indie Travel Podcast. Yeah, thanks, Leah. Well, last week we managed to play you a little bit of Zambomba music, and uh, this week we have a little bit more. So if you didn't like that, this is a good time to uh, shut off the recording. <laughs> but if you'd like to hear a little bit more of a flamenco Christmas carol, uh, here you go from another Christmas party in Jerez in Spain. Yeah. 